Hello, everybody. I'm um, just introducing Catherine Godwood today. Catherine's a clinical hypnotherapist, former physiotherapist, and just welcome, Catherine. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So I'd just like to give everyone that's listening just a, a quick background of the different modalities that you work with. Yeah, so like Aaron said, I was a physio in Switzerland or physical therapist if you're from America and came to Australia and realized I couldn't work as a physio. So I kind of became a yoga teacher, then did a massage diploma, then I went on to, I did an NLP course, but never really used it that much. And then I went through the spiral, which is, it's basically, it goes, it it uses muscle testing like in kinesiology and the energy centers of the body. And that's kind of like a guideline or like a journey through the energy centers and the associated subjects or themes that we have in life, you know, like survival or deserving creation of the flip side, procrastination, sabotage, all that stuff. And it really changed my life. And so a month later, I jumped in and did the training, did that for three years full time and loved it. Did many, many, many sessions and like eight week programs one on one and and group stuff. And then I kind of had an RTT session, which is hypnosis, rapid transformational therapy. Maybe you know Marissa Peer. I mean, I know you know, but maybe the listeners. Yes. And, yeah, I'm, I'm always like I have a session and I go, oh, my God, that's amazing. I want to learn it. So I did that training and did that for maybe two years. And then... But I also did a clinical hypnotherapy course just because the RTT was also quite dogmatic and you have to do it this way and you can't say this. And So I thought I like to do things my way. So I bring in from the physio, from my own experience, my own life, like bring in the somatic stuff, you know, like feeling in the body what you're feeling. And I feel like my clients, because of that, had a deeper transformation or a long lasting because once the emotion physically isn't in your body anymore it's gone you know it's like once you've like imagine you have a hair that's irritating your skin once you rip it out it's gone well that actually brings us to our topic today is working with the nervous system i know you're quite versed in in a lot of different therapies and recently you've been working with a lot of nervous system work so if you just like to explain a little bit what nervous system work is and how it can help people. Mm. Yeah, so I want to pre-frame that, you know, I'm not a trauma expert, but I've done through my own experience when I needed it. Uh, I got intrigued because that was really something that truly helped me, regulating the nervous system. And I think it's a buzzword at the moment because of the Gabor Mate documentary suddenly everyone's a nervous system expert (laughs) so basically what really landed for me was you know we a well-regulated nervous system can easily go between your inside world and the outside world the surroundings so it's sort of in flow you know there's no resistance and when we 
are in fight flight, you know, the outside world is always a threat. So we have to either fight it or run away from it. And then also then sort of the, interestingly, the state that uses the most energy of your life force is actually freeze. So you kind of think of freeze, you're just in a corner, you do nothing, but actually nervous system wise it uses the most energy because you're kind of like you have all this energy moving imagine you know you're i don't know you're in your house and a robber comes in and you're hiding you know there's so much energy flowing through your body but you have to be still imagine it like that so nervous system work you could say is is working with people of literally between that fight response that flight or sometimes even that that depressive state when people feel very in, withdrawn with themselves and would you say that nervous system work is trying to balance that or regulate that so we we feel present we feel that we want to do things but we're, we're not resisted from anything yeah, so basically, you know, what we'd like to be is be regulated, but imagine it's the it's in flux throughout the day, you know, like if you want to go do a workout, you need some fight, you know, you need some activation. So you might, you know, you need some sympathetic activation which is sort of you know the fight flight but in a good way you know otherwise you wouldn't go and do a workout or if you feel you know depressed and numb and oh who cares you know a bit dissociated maybe you can't feel your body there you also you need more activation so you when when you're in a freeze state you need a bit of activation so like a bit of you know breath of fire like Oh, I always think of the Maori haka, you know, the, you know, to get the fire going, the inner fire. And, you know, it could be stomping or dancing or singing, so activating the system. And if you're in fight-flight, you need more deactivating practices, you know, like slow breathing, alternate nostril breathing, meditation. And that seems what a lot of the state that everybody's in today is very overactivated, very stressed, everything's going fast. And this may be a reason why a lot of people are, are looking to alternate therapies of meditation, relaxation, and just learning how to calm themselves down. Totally, because if you imagine a car, if it's always on, if the engine's always on, you know, imagine that's fight flight, if the engine's always on, it the petrol's going to run out. You're going to burn out. And I think you see, especially entrepreneurs, business people who are like, go, 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 you know, eventually you're going to burn out if you don't know how to relax and regenerate and sleep properly, you're going to burn out. You know, you can eat the best food in the world. It can be all organic, gluten-free, everything. You can do exercise, but that, often actually adds even more to the you know the fight flight the sympathetic so yeah it's interesting so often that we can affect our our mood or the, our fight or flight through activity like you were saying before through fire breathing dancing ritual but when it comes to people that are overactive and really anxious often they'll try and meditate or they'll they'll try and relax their body 
but they, they seem to be very resistant and I can't do this. What do you suggest to people that they can do mentally to help them regulate their nervous system? Are there, um, are there words that, that we can say to ourselves? Are there what are things that we can do ourselves to try and identify what's going on? I would probably go right now what I'm feeling is like I'd go always over the body so, you know, you could, I mean, people can't see it. I, we can see each other now, but yep. people on the recording, you know, kind of massage yourself. So kind of squeezing your arms. Just simulating so, someone giving you a, a gentle touch of, you know, squeezing your forearms gently. Yeah, or hugging just, yourself. And these often find that when you start to do things like touching yourself, like you said, as in massage and things like that, added with relaxed breathing and other practices, it starts to become a bit more of a combining effect, would you say? Totally. And actually, some this is a bit counterintuitive. Someone who might be super activated and like you say, you say, oh, do some slow breathing or I'll do some meditation and they're so wound up, they can't just let go. Sometimes it actually does help to do some fire breath like add some more fire, but actually that can calm them down. Like so if you do that, that if you... Actually, so it might be the fact that they're actually holding this energy in and it, it needs to be released. Yeah, you know, like it, it's kind of like, all right, let's really stir the fire a little bit more. And then let's say if you do a minute of breath of fire, you might feel a bit lightheaded and dizzy and then you might actually feel like, oh, now I need a bit of a break and now I want to breathe a bit deeper. So you've kind of gone a bit over the, you know, over the hill a bit too far, but then actually that can help begin to calm you down, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's almost like and, we reach a little bit of a peak of that excitement and then mm, and then we allow it to drop. Yeah, it's like, or you know, it might be, even though I just said the opposite before, it might be go for a run and then you feel oh, exhausted and then you can do the deactivating exercises, Definitely. so to speak. one thing we notice that in, in today's world, because everyone's so active, and they've got this almost a little bit of adrenaline in their veins. And sometimes that when they've had multiple experiences through the day where they've been stressed and, and encountered things that really rev them up, they can have that excess adrenaline where we need to get rid of it. And as you said, going for a run, doing some physical exercise and not doing it to the point of exhaustion, but doing it to your field that you're actually using some energy and then you'll notice that there's that, oh, I've actually got rid of that adrenaline rather than just sitting in your body. And when it sits in your body, that's when it creates all those effects of, you know, feeling shaky and unwell and just, just nervous because there's this chemical that's, that's keeping us going. Yeah, I was just thinking, you know, it could be put on Spotify and dance to your favourite song for five minutes and then see if you can do the meditation or the, like in general, I'd always go through the body first if you're not a uh, an experienced meditator because I think too people have this idea of, oh, meditation has to be still, but 
actually for me surfing's a meditation because you have to be so present there's no time for not being present or then again like someone who's in freeze and needs activation it's i mean i've i've read this you know in the sort of in the books they say, you know, if someone has is in freeze and has a really, really low heartbeat, it could actually kill you. I don't, you know, I, I don't think that has happened. But you don't want to slow down someone who's already slowed down and so locked inside. You don't want to slow them down and bring them inside even more. They need to learn to come out and interact with the environment. And so we've find talked safety. about calming down the those people that are really high level anxiety fast. Mm. When we keep um, talking about these people now that are very very withdrawn, maybe even depressed, and not really enjoying life, and and really almost lacking that zest sometimes to do anything, how can they start to get themselves moving again? Yeah, well, like I said before, the breath of fire. Do a YouTube search. There's tons. Like you can look Kundalini yoga. Then there's, like I said, dancing. You could start dancing or go for a walk. I mean, it could be just such a small step. Or like for someone, if someone's really depressed, get out of bed and put your clothes on, have a shower, put your clothes on, go to the letterbox. Just small steps, but just... So it seems like someone that's out of activity just needs to make some small step to move forward. And I can remember having a conversation with you a while back saying that sometimes even just literally getting up and going for that little bit of a walk creates that activation in your body and you can feel much better after it. Totally. And it kind of like maybe while you're doing it, you might still feel like a bit numb or a bit sad or whatever it may be, but then... Once you get back, you go, ah, I'm having much better ideas or much better thoughts because it's actually like state precedes stories. So depending what nervous system state you're in, you'll have thoughts associated to that state. So if you are in a regulated nervous system state, you won't have fearful thoughts. You won't have depressed thoughts. You can't because you're in a, in that state. But we're all human and most of us, even the Dalai Lama, you know, even enlightened masters, they have different states too. But I think the difference is that they they might swing to one end, but then they see the truth. They know the truth and they just come back to center again. Or that they're not attached to, oh, what's wrong with me? So I think that's also kind of a, how do you say, a fallacy where people think, oh, I have to be regulated all the time. That's impossible. That doesn't even exist. Like, like I said, you wouldn't get out of bed. You wouldn't do anything. So the day should be a constant wave of a little bit of activity, coming back down to some rest downtime, and waving yeah. back up to activity. And then ultimately yeah. we're balancing that, that wave with activity and rest. And you can see that if, if you're looking at the nervous system, that's balanced on both sides. We're not 
Because I noticed that even sometimes a few years ago when I really got deep into meditation and I started to meditate every day, and I realized that even myself, I started to become withdrawn from the world because I was mm. withdrawing myself constantly. So we realize now that meditation isn't about locking yourself in a cave. It's about just giving yourself that downtime so you can rest and recover. So then you can make all that activity that you want to do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with being comfortable with being with yourself. But I think that, you know, when you realize, oh, but I can't connect with others because we also have a social nervous system. And when we have trauma, I, I realized that too, after seeing trauma, that I became withdrawn and and before I used to be so out there, many friends, always something going, and you kind of go, oh, what is that? And now with this knowledge, it's like, oh, that's why, because the outside world isn't safe. So I built my inside world for a few years, and you can get lost. You know, that's not healthy either. So it's, it's like I said at the beginning, a well-regulated nervous system can easily go from outside to inside to outside um, um, but I was kind of wondering what you asked earlier on you know about the thoughts where I'd said oh I'm drawing a blank I'd go over the body maybe you want to go into that I often think that well my awareness is that there's obviously thoughts and the thoughts sometimes create that emotion in the body and then the emotion in the body mm. can create the thoughts. And then mm. often I've found when I've been trying to teach people how to meditate and they've been, you know, sitting there quite feeling anxious, what am I doing, I can't slow down. And then I put together exactly what you said, where first of all we do some breathing, some physical exercise, just a little bit of stretching, and then start to affirm the good things in your life that you've, how you've made it from here. So often people will, will reflect on the fact that I've, I've had a lot of trauma in my life, I've had a lot of things that have gone wrong, but they don't realise that they're still alive and they made it through all of that. And if they start to change their perceptions of those negative events, instead of saying that it's it was really bad when the business went bang, you could look at it in a different way and say, well, it started a new opportunity, it gave me more time with the family. So there's always a way mentally that we can change the reality script because we all seem to be in this consensus reality where we agree with someone bangs into my car, I get angry and we, we react and we tend to tell people that whole day how angry you are and we tend to keep that emotion. Where if we reflect that script and realise that someone's banged into our car, there's no way of stopping reversing it, going back mm. in time. So we can get a little bit angry and go, wow, this is upsetting, but hey, I'm okay. I didn't get hurt. No one else is injured. I am insured. And once again, we can start to look at the positive, tiny little bits. And I find that when people start focusing more positively, they'll start to find that their body actually responds by feeling safer because they're, they're not thinking and judging as much with the outside world. And I agree, and, and, and I guess that goes together with the, you know, state precedes story or the thoughts. Yes. 
So maybe sometimes depending on your state, I find you don't have access to gratitude. Like if you're super angry and you're just beyond red, I would say people generally would find it hard to find access to gratitude. If someone's really paralyzed mentally, emotionally, nervous system. (laughs) That's why I always like to go over the body first, through the body, because when you change something in the body and you change the state in the body, that will change the stories and then you have access to gratitude And because otherwise it might just become – you know, like those affirmations that are just empty and you don't actually yeah. believe them. Your whole internally, your body's saying, no, you're a liar, that is not true. And I've done that before and it didn't work long time. I think you can kind of tell yourself that positive stuff yeah. for a while, but it actually doesn't last un- unless you address the nervous system. Definitely. And I also think that there's a difference between people just giving affirmation to themselves saying, you know, I feel happy or I am a millionaire. So rather than affirming things that have actually happened in your life, once again, for Mm. example, you could say, this has happened in my life. I was successful in getting this job. I have been successful in this. And these might not be things that you do when you're in that anxious state, but they're things that you can do regularly to start that new thinking process and to, to drill it in more to notice the focusing more on the positives in life rather than the negatives. Mm. And then I like the fact how you said that we literally have all these modalities of the body, the breathing, the mind, and it's almost up to each individual to find out what state they're in and to find out what's going to work best for them to, to change that state. Totally. And I think for me, it's, it's taken me years and many courses and reading and learning and listening and implementing to realize that, oh, when I'm feeling this, that means I'm in freeze. Oh, when I'm thinking, feeling anxious, frustrated, then I'm in fight, flight. And so so now when I'm angry, I'm like, oh, I'm in fight flight. I, I, I used to get angry all the time, like when, you know, when it was really traumatic time with my ex-husband and and it took me a few years to get out of that, you know. I could then feel I was still like I'd be, I'd be nice, 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 nice and then I'd snap at the kids and I didn't want to. I, it, I felt really bad but I just couldn't stop it and then eventually – realizing oh you know now like going oh I'm really angry and instead of going what's wrong with you you're such a loser (laughs) you know how we do the ego does just to go all right my body needs deactivation boom and sometimes you can't always lie down and do some stretching or some yoga or you know whatever but you always have your breath. So, you know, when you're super activated, do the slow breathing, you can literally just breathe in, count to four, hold for four, breathe out for four, hold out for four. It's called box breathing. 
and you can lengthen the inhale, you know, to six. Hold for six, add for six, hold it out for six. Because you can literally be at work and do that. No one's going to know. You know, some things like dancing, people are going to know. <laughs> but you always have the breath. And, and, um... and the thing with the breath is, as you said before, we can use it anywhere. And it's something that we, we should rely on more because we notice that our different breathing is usually associated with different emotions. And that when we're, we're very upset and we're crying, we tend to inhale a little bit more and sniffle. And then when we're very angry, like the fire breath, we tend to exhale a lot. So mm. using that, that box breathing method is something someone can be sitting in a car at the traffic lights and feeling a bit frustrated and, and just start to regulate that breath. And the thing with regulating the breath is it often takes the focus off the thoughts because you're starting to focus on something within your body that's going on. Totally, yeah. Brilliant. So yep. we're coming very close to the end of the episode, Catherine. So just before we finish up, where can people get in contact with you? I'll also leave some links in the show notes. Yeah. So I do have a website that's still, it's live, but it's still being worked on. It's called katherinegodward.com.au. And then on Facebook, Catherine X Godward. So G O D W A R D. Instagram is at Catherine with a C, Catherine Godward Hypnosis. And TikTok is, I think, is also Catherine Godward Hypnosis. I can't even remember. Yeah, so, um, or ask any, Aaron. <laughs> so, any of our listeners, if they enjoyed what they heard today and they want to get in contact with you, how can you actually? Or I should say, who are you working with at the moment and what sort of stuff are you doing? In general, I work, I love working with entrepreneurs or business owners, you know, who they know what they're doing, they're good at what they do. So they have the doing down pat, but maybe for some reason they're stressed or they're burnt out or they want to go to the next level, but the doing's not helping anymore. Okay, so and it's actually basically break through their limits at the moment. So we know yeah. that a lot of entrepreneurs want to move forward and sometimes they have those mental doubts or barriers and that's how you specifically help them of yeah, breaking down these barriers. Yeah, and I do like to I do like to make it at least eight weeks because I've realized one to three sessions is great and your nervous system is going to relax more the more it trusts and feels safe with me working with you. So I do feel like people benefit, even though it's maybe like, oh, no, it's more expensive, but they actually benefit long-term more by spending more time and more money. But actually the long-term benefit is, is awesome. Yeah, so they're actually allowing you to, or I should say, you help them break through those limitations and then allow them to implement these new beliefs and these new action steps rather than just taking away these these limiting beliefs, but they're still stuck with, you know, that little bit of a push of what the next step is. Yeah, and, and I've 
Oh, and now also, you know, that's minimum 12 weeks where we then also go and go, okay, how can we use your intuition to go after what you want? And I teach you how to, how we can all tap into that. Not, it may sound like this woo-woo concept, but it's actually available to all of us and we can all learn how to tap into that. And use it to to create what we love. And I'd love to have you on again. Thank you for your time today, Catherine. And Anytime. We, we might talk a little bit more about manifesting and William White Clothes work. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank cool. you for your time and we'll talk again soon. Thank you.